<laughs> um, so during my preparation today, actually, I asked Riza to have an early out from work. So we went to pick, him up, uh, pick her up at four. And then on the way back, we were, we were stuck in traffic for two hours. So then we had to go all the way around to Carson City just to kill 30 minutes, make it here in time. So praise God, we, we're still here. We're not late or, yeah, we made it. So it's good, praise God. So yeah, such a privilege to be used by God. And I pray that I will be a blessing to all of you, the people, his people that he had allowed to be here tonight. Um, I was thinking that I was doing this only to grow my knowledge of the Lord and to inform my intimacy, but in a way, that is true. But at the same time, it is nerve-wracking to be speaking publicly because it's actually my biggest fear. <laughs> but the Lord takes our weakness and turns it into strength. Amen? But I'm not saying that I'm really good at this, but <laughs> He's still using me. So, however... This experience has been such a blessing to me, given a passage from Scripture to expound on, and what the Lord has revealed to me to talk about tonight is about love. It's funny because if you talk to my wife and you ask her, she'll probably say that I'm not the most loving person. <laughs> she'll probably say that I'm masung it and, uh, all the time, and even Javen starts saying that too. You're sung it, Dad, and... <laughs> uh, for uh, in English, masungit means um, short-tempered. I, ha I have to admit, though, that it is one of my struggle with my walk with the Lord. But actually, the love that we will be talking about tonight is sacrificial love, and how that should be what the Christian uh, be the image of. So many times as Christian, we pursue Christ-likeness, but we fail the greater meaning of love. That is, we are to lay down our life for one another. Because Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. So we have to be loving towards each other the same way because He first loved us. We are molded in His image. We are the beacon of light. And we should bring out that light to illuminate the darkness wherever we go. And at first, I felt like God was not speaking, uh, revealing anything to me, and so I prayed without ceasing for what He wanted me to talk about tonight. But nothing was being revealed, and surely I knew something was blocking me because the attack started, the enemy's whispers, like my thoughts was derailed, and I was saying, like, why did I even say yes? Like, well, um, like, you don't know what love is. You're masung it. So why would you even be talking about love? So, uh, but I replied yes to Pastor Joe. And I replied yes to God speaking through Pastor Joe without even thinking about it. Because I know deep inside my heart that this is for the Lord. So I asked my prayer group for prayer uh, for God to enlighten me with what he wanted me to talk about tonight. And that's when Dustin actually brought up Philemon and um, Onesimus. So although tonight's message will not be in the basis of Philemon's account, but it was the triggering point, and God spoke to me through this reading. So it got me into prayer more. I asked for forgiveness for thinking that this is only an obligation and nothing more, but 
uh, I also asked for encouragement from the Lord because I was being discouraged at the same time. And I should not be thinking that that way because this is not only an obligation, but it is also out of obedience and love for, for the Lord. Love for the Lord because He first loved me, us, us believers, because He has allowed this to happen and greater still have preordained this to be. For this lowly creature to be given the privilege to stand up here to be his mouthpiece tonight. Because in Ephesians 3, 8, it says, Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach. Because Scripture also says that it was never my choice. John 15, 16 reads, You did not choose me, but I chose you. So God is sovereign. God is love. God is just, and we, and we are dead in our iniquities, but he gave his son to die on the cross for us. And with that sacrifice that he has shown us, we ought to know how to love each other. And that brings us to our text tonight, which is in 1 John 3.16, which reads, This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We also we should also lay down our lights for our brothers and sisters. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for giving us this time, Lord God, to just learn more about you. And thank you for this privilege to be used by you as your mouthpiece tonight, Lord God. I pray that you just speak through me, Lord God. Use me as your vessel, Lord God to speak to your people that you have allowed to be here tonight, Lord God. I pray that you just anoint our thoughts, our hearts, Lord God, to be open to your message tonight, Lord God. And I thank you for tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now the book of 1 John is written to reassure Christians in their faith in how to teach, believers, uh, to teach believers to counter false teaching. I praise God that this message still reflects what I talked about last time I was up here. It is how this is, in a way, a continuation of his message about us Christians being prudent and growing and being Christ-like. But this text greatly emphasizes the sacrifice that Jesus has done to save us believers. By this is how we have come to know love. This introduction, given as a standard of love that is reflected of a true and genuine Christian, By means of standard, it should be our way of measuring how much we love our neighbors and even our enemies. After all, Jesus died for us when we were still his enemies. In Romans chapter 5, verse 7 to 8, it reads, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus came down to die for us, not because of all the good things that we are doing, but we needed saving from our sins, from our own depravity. Because we were bound to to the fires of hell, he came down to be the perfect sacrifice that will please God. The reason Jesus died for you and me is because he loved us and, and he gave us the opportunity to spend eternity with him. And that should give us certainty about God's love for us because he loved us way before we turned to him. How can we reflect that in our lives? Can we 
love our enemies the way Jesus have toward us. I mean, genuinely love them to a point of sacrificing our very lives. For, for me personally, it's hard, difficult, near impossible, but God has given us His Spirit to strengthen us, to enable us to be loving towards others, and especially our enemies. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus said, uh, speaking here, and it reads, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. This is nonetheless a sincere goodwill from the common grace that God has given to everyone, even his enemies. Just a side note, though, uh, I'd like to add that this is not the everlasting love that God has given to his elect. This, is, this love does not talk about the gifts of salvation, but rather it is the example of what a mature Christian who carries the embodiment of Christ, uh, Jesus Christ in their testimony. An example of this love seen in the Bible is in Acts chapter 7. Uh, I think, if not all of us here, most of us know about Stephen, the first martyr. So verse 59 to 60 reads, uh, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. When he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had, that, when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, this is an example of a man who loved his enemies, even to a point of praying for them, all the while they were stoning him to death. He died. Stephen died praying for his oppressors. Stephen prayed to Jesus to forgive his murderers. He prayed for people that, that was killing him. Now, I just want to emphasize when he said, Lord Jesus, he called out the name of, of Jesus directly, and that's the reason why he was being stoned to death, because he was preaching the resurrected Jesus. Because our Lord lives. <clears throat> Amen? But at this point of history, if not all, but most people at this time knew that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. But they were rejecting that he has risen. I don't know about you, but if people were stoned to death, uh, I'd be probably trying to fight back or the way my prayer wouldn't be forgive them. It would be for them to perish in front of me instead. Or I would be also like questioning God, like, why me, God? Like, why me? But Stephen, embodiment, he embodied uh, Jesus' prayer in the, on the cross. So that is actually a reflecting, reflecting how Jesus prayed for us on the cross as well while he was dying on the cross. For yours in my unloving ways, for yours in my sin. So Jesus said this, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And while he prayed this, they were also dividing up his clothes among themselves, casting lots. This actually gives me an image that they were mocking mocking him and laughing at him. And they were casting lots for his clothes, not because his clothes were high class and good quality, but it is to make fun of him powerless on the cross. They were saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. And even one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. 
Our enemies often show us the most despiteful things toward us. But nonetheless, we are commanded to love them. Just going back on the script, uh, on the passage, on the text, because this is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We need to be the one that will show compassion, just as how Jesus did. <clears throat> and this is another example of what sacrificial love is, a spirit-filled love. He laid down his life for us, also means that he interceded for us. Jesus taking time from his day, his life, to be in prayer for you and me. Because when we take part in intercessory prayer, we also take in that burden. At the same time, we also rejoice with them, and we also weep with them. And this is more of a sacrificial love that Jesus is asking from all of us at this moment, at this very moment. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, because for this very reason that Christ gave his life for us, us too should lay our lives for him first and foremost, and for our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our enemies, but not in an expense of losing our very life and dying for others. No, God does not need you to lose your life. It is to take that example that our lives should be lived abiding in the Lord, in using our time to encourage, to teach, to be accountable for our neighbor's growth in the faith. Now, I am not, the, I am not disregarding the Christians, martyrs in history, because they truly serve the Lord and preach the gospel with zeal. But that is a calling. It is a calling to be missionaries. And it, but it is a command to make disciples. Now, without love, all of it will be in vain. A reason that if and when we sacrifice our very life, it should be reflecting Jesus and not be seen as an obligation. We are commanded to serve God because Jesus came down not to be served, but to serve. Be the embodiment of a biblical deacon. Laying down our lives means that we are to demonstrate love for God through our service to each other. Because when we understand laying down our lives for, for the Lord, we also trust that He's got a greater plan for us. When we serve others out of love for the Lord, we cooperate with His work of sanctification in us. And sacrificing our time for others doesn't mean it's all a waste, but it is an investment. An investment for our spiritual growth. It is a storing treasure in heaven. It is also better for us to serve because it is a way for us to win others in the faith. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it reads, Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carrying each other's burden out of love for the Lord is a way for us to reflect what Jesus was commanding us to do. <clears throat> burden here means an extra heavy load that some of our brothers and sisters are going through. Difficulties and problems that they have trouble dealing with on their own. And to fulfill the law of Christ, we show love in taking in that burden as our own to at least lessen the load that our neighbors is going through to fulfill the entire law of love and to show them that we are not just giving them lip service, but to actually be there for them physically and caring, caring for them with a the spirit-filled love because we don't really know how they came to be in, in a certain predicament 
but we should provide help because Jesus put them in our path for a reason. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30, it reads, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In those he predestined, he also called. In those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. It is never really clear in, in the human perspective why God put certain people in our lives. Whether they are for us or against us, we are called to love them all the same. Because God has put them in our lives for our growth, for us to exercise love for our, for our sanctification. There is no growth without persecution. And if you are not going through persecution because of your faith, maybe you're living in a gray, gray light. Just, uh, and what I mean is professing and worshiping the Lord Sunday after Sunday, but going the rest of the week forgetting what we've learned on Sunday. But, but, <clears throat> but if you are going through persecution, we ought to embrace it because this is a true test of our faith. And it'll help us to know that we are really never in control, but we can put our full trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom have sacrificed his life out of love and obedience to the Heavenly Father's will, making way for us to be with him in paradise. <clears throat> he empowers us to do his will and out of love for God, which is an opportunity to practice, uh, which is opportunity to practice of righteousness, which means it is never our work, but it is him who works through us. Now I ask again, can you love your enemy? Maybe. <laughs> Let's continue. <clears throat> John 3, uh, 13, verse 34 reads, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Here, the commandment of loving one another was not to an extent a new command given by God. Because we see this love a command to love God in Deuteronomy 6. And also in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, the command was, love oneself, one, uh, love one's neighbor as oneself. However, we are given a standard, or it is in a way molded after his sacrificial love, because he, said, he says, as I have loved you, which is given to us believers through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit we are able to carry out this command because God, the Spirit, is dwelling in us. Since Jesus is the living embodiment of, of love and we are molded in his image, we are to carry out this command and love one another. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it reads, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. <clears throat> So the standard of love that Jesus has commanded us to show through our actions is ultimately humanly impossible. But in order for us to fulfill this law of love that Jesus has commanded us, it is to simply, and I say it loosely, to humble ourselves by realizing that Jesus died for us sinners, died for our unloving sins, 
God the Father gave His one and only begotten Son for all three um, <clears throat> God the Father and God the Son then sent the Holy Spirit for all three members of the Godhead is working all at the same time to help us and provide our needs each and every day, new grace every morning to help us love our neighbors, even our enemies. And that is comforting. We are able to show love even to the most gruesome a person against us because all members of the Trinity is working for us, for he is always in control. As, a, as believers, we are being molded every day to the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is by that reason that we ought to be maintaining our distinctiveness from the world, to show love and compassion to everyone we meet, regardless of status. Because people that God put in our lives, puts in our lives, we do, we do not just know whom God is calling to be part of, part of his kingdom. So our interactions with them is so vital that we shouldn't just make them feel that we are talking to them out of obligation, but because God loves, we too should be loving towards them and, be, and, to, and to show them a spirit-filled love. By abiding in God's love, we can sincerely be loving people just as how Jesus commanded us to. And in return, we can mightily carry out the greatest commission, the great commission that the Lord has given to us and to humbly call our enemies to join us in being reconciled to our Heavenly Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so G uh, Jesus demonstrates love in this way. I think everyone here uh, is familiar about the Samaritan women in John 4, verse 1 to 26. I won't be reading it, but I'll give a summary. Um, and not only that Jesus openly declares, I the one speaking to you, um, I am he. Answering the woman's question about the Messiah, we should also notice how he displays grace on how he is replying to the woman's questions. He demonstrates his love and understands an understanding of people that his love for his creation, mankind, us, holds no boundaries. Because he lovingly and compassionately reached out to a woman who was a social outcast. In conclusion, while us humans have limitation to show love to others, Jesus, in fact, demonstrates the characteristic of divine love that is unsystematic and, and all-embracing. The way you and I know how to love is not based on the person of interest, but we gain the capacity to love because of our God giving us, uh, loving us first. And at the foot of the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we need to be loving our neighbors as well. Because in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that's our message tonight. That's the Lord's message. Thank you. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for your faithfulness, for your love endures forever, Lord God, for you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Lord God. You are our solid foundation, the rock on which we stand, Lord God. And thank you, Lord God, for giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to help us to be loving towards our family, towards our friends, 
and even towards our enemies, Lord God. You have shown us how to love, Lord God, and help us, Lord God. Strengthen us. Give us boldness, Lord God, to share you each and every day, Lord God. And I thank you for this night again, Lord God. Lord God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.